Hello, this is Dennis Thomas with Things That Matter, where we speak about everything from faith to finance and all things in between. So I'm very happy to be with you and speak about a topic that has been on my mind for a period of time. And sometimes when I have a topic, I try to reflect on it, think about it, read, study on it a little bit, and just live in that moment. And one of the topics that I was thinking about was grace. And really what this is, is that unmerited favor that we have as children of God. So John 1.12 says, To as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. And once you are a child of God, you never lose that position. You're always going to be in that spot as a child and God being the father. And being a child of someone that has a lot of resources is always a big benefit for those that are part of that family. And I think that's what we get as being a child of God. But one of the words and one of the topics that I wanted to speak about today was grace. And funny enough, I'm at church and the pastor started speaking about revelation. And really it had nothing to do with the topic of grace, or so I thought. And next thing I know it, He's beginning to speak about the role that we play and what we're called to do here on earth. And that's really to to be workers of God and to really try to help others out. And we're created to be a workmanship of God. And so he refers back to this verse in Ephesians 2.8. And when he first spoke about the role that we have here on earth, I was thinking about Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, because this was, again, that topic of grace was on my mind. And if you go even to Ephesians 2, 10, you see here, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. So the pastor is speaking about good works and what we're called to do. And I'm thinking, wait a second, I heard about good works in Ephesians. And what does he go reference? Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, and speaks about the workmanship that we are of Christ, and also this request to, to be good, good workers, right? We, we're here on this earth to work for Jesus Christ, and that is what we are created to do. That's what we're called to do. We are His workmanship created for good works. I thought it was so interesting, and sometimes you get affirmation. I'm sitting there thinking, wow, this is exciting that I was just thinking about this, or not even just thinking about it. I've been thinking about this for the last few weeks, and here it is kind of being tied in some, uh, not awkward way, but, but a way that I wasn't necessarily thinking about originally. But I wanted to start off in Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, and even prior to this, I was reading an article by Greg Kokel. I love Greg Kokel. I think uh, it's always great to have mentors people that have taken the steps before you that could help you with any goal that you're trying to achieve. And, and for me, one of the goals that I try to achieve is just gaining knowledge and skill set in speaking about the Bible and speaking about Jesus Christ. And Greg Koch was one of those people that I look up to, and he had an article that he wrote. And it's basically stated, for those that believe that their fate is based on good works, those not confident of their ticket into heaven. And he speaks about this Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. So again, I'm getting filled with, these, with this verse 
with this topic of grace several times, and I knew something that I wanted to touch on. But Ephesians 2, 8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. And basically, when we look at a verse like this, For by grace you have been saved. If we are saved by grace, this means that it's not because we are good or deserving. It's because God is good and God is gracious. And one of the areas that I like to focus on, thinking about Christianity, and our religion is unique. And one of the reasons that makes it unique is because in all other religions, it's what can man do for God. Christianity is unique. It's because what can God do for man? God chose us before the world began, which means that we didn't choose him. He knit us in our mother's womb, it says in Psalms. That means he's prepared things for us. And because of his grace, we are able to be saved. Because it says, for by grace, which is God's grace, you have been saved. Which means that there's not anything that we can necessarily do to receive all the things that we're going to receive from being a child of God. And I've learned about these three levels. So you think about this. You do something wrong, there's judgment, right? That's very typical in our culture, typical in most cultures. And that's really what we would consider fair and just. You do something wrong, there is a judgment for that, right? You get penalized for doing something wrong. But then you also have the next level up above that would be mercy. You do something wrong, you still may get judged, but the person forgives you, right? I forgive you. Don't worry about that, okay? We'll, we'll, just, we'll just put that one aside. Move on, okay? I might not forget it, but, but I'll forgive you, okay? I could, I, I, could, I could move on from that situation. And we go up one other level from that, and that third level will be grace. And grace is, you do something wrong, I forgive you, and then I bless you. And that's what God offers for us, is that third level up, which is grace. How difficult is that for us to do in most situations that we're faced with? And sometimes we see situations so we can understand the difficulty and how hard the requirements are to try to live up to the standards that are set. Even God speaks about this in the Sermon of the Mount. We know that there's a lot of rules that were given to the Jewish community, right, in the Old Testament. And they had the Ten Commandments. And God kind of speaks to these to let people know that the requirements for those standards are very high. That even if you thought about doing something, you are considered guilty. So think about this. The requirements to live up to the law are too high. And God said it's not enough if you just do it, right? Thou shalt not murder. It's not enough that to say thou shalt not murder. But if you were mad at your brother... If you were mad at your sister, even that was considered murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. But if you thought about doing something, even that was already committing adultery. The standards are just too high. So it is God's grace that really saves us. And then the next thing that we look at here, for by grace you have been saved. So we speak about the grace part. God offering that grace, God offering His goodness. It's not our goodness. It's not what we can do. It's what He has done for us, which shows us His power, His power shows us His ability. 
But it says here, for by grace you have been saved through faith. So there's a, a part here that we're going to play. In order to be saved, there is a necessary response to God's grace. God is offering us a gift of life. When someone gives you a gift, the only requirement is to accept that gift. But what we see here is there, necessary, there is a necessary response to God's grace. The response is not trying to be good enough to be saved. It's trusting God to save based on His goodness. Now this is a little bit difficult for us because typically what we are used to in our culture, in our world system, is that if you do good, you get good. And if you do bad, you get bad. So how do we live up to this standard now when God is telling us that you have been saved by grace through faith? But the faith that is required out of us is to trust God that His goodness is enough. That if He died on the cross for our sins, He died on the cross for every sin, past, present, and future. That if He died for every sin, and if He's big enough to handle all sin, then there's nothing that you and I can do that would stop us from getting into heaven. Nothing. Before we are saved, there's no good we could do to get into heaven. Before we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, there's no good that we could do to get into heaven. But once we are saved, John 1.12, once we are children of God, there's no bad that we can do to go to hell. I love that. Because what that does, it allows us to be free. We are set free when we are in Christ. And the reason we are set free is because of that thinking right there and that type of mindset that God is big enough. He is gracious enough to save us and that there is no wrong that we can do that's going to remove that. And we have examples of this in our life. If you have a child in this world, they will always be your child. It doesn't matter what happens, even if your relationship is strained and you get into an argument or a big fight and you're not talking. You could also not be talking for years, but they're still your child because it's a connection that is made that's deeper than just you and that person talking. And that's the relationship that we have with God because He created us and because He made us in His image, which means we are part of Him, which means we are always connected to Him. There's a caveat though, of course, right? In John 1.12, it says, As many as received Him, to them He gave the right. So He gives that right, but you have to receive Him. We know John 3.16. We know that verse very well. We know that God is the one that offers us that ability to be connected to Him. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall have everlasting life. So that requirement is that we believe in Him. One of the things that I try to do with my children at night, and I think it's, it's almost a, a riddle, but I love it because it kind of breaks down what God offers to us. It breaks down Christianity. It breaks down what Jesus Christ did on the cross which is 
everything that our religion stands on. If that was not there, the religion falls apart, right? But I asked him, God exists in how many persons? Right? And they're thinking, and my son knows this, my daughter knows this, but God exists in how many persons? Three persons, right? God exists as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And I asked him, Jesus Christ came and walked on this earth, but what did he do? And they answered, he died on the cross. And why did he die on the cross? For our sins. And what are our sins? They say the bad things that we do. And then what did he do after that? He rose again. On what day? The third day. And what did he leave behind? He left behind the Holy Spirit. And where does his Holy Spirit live? It lives within us. And now when God sees you, he really sees himself. Because once we get into heaven and we get into that place, there can't be anything bad in there. There can't be anything unclean. Because like a cancer, it could spread. So when we go in there, we have to go in there unblemished. We have to go in there with no scars. We have to go in there with no wounds. And that's what God offers us. He trades. He takes our sin and becomes sin for us. And we walk in there like the spotless lamb. We have nothing on us. And when he sees us, he sees himself because the Holy Spirit lives within us. And that's what he leaves behind, that helper that's there to give us guidance. Even if we don't remember all the Ten Commandments, the helper is there to give us guidance, to let us know, to urge us in the right direction. And that's such a wonderful thing. I love thinking about the Bible. I love thinking about the Word. I love thinking about... Jesus Christ in his power. The other day I'm listening to music on the radio and I love listening to some of the Christian songs that my wife and I listen to and, and you could just think about the power of God and how he has this ability to move mountains, right? And you think about how big mountains are. They're so immense. And for someone like God, someone in our life to have the power to do that, what power do they have to act on our lives? We could give any issue or problem that we have to God and pray that God could take care of it. Because God has done enough in our lives and He will continue to do good works. But thinking about this, thinking about that grace that God offers, that power that He offers, the Holy Spirit that lives within us, the idea that we walk around with the peace of God that we are made in His image. That is such a wonderful and a powerful thing. I want to leave you guys with this. Think about grace. Think about that unmerited favor. Think about the fact that as long as you are a child of God, as long as you receive God, you will always be connected to Him. You will always be in His presence. And you will always have your ticket to heaven. Thank you.